EWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like financial literacy. That is why so many people listen to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. Lionel is a seasoned veteran in the finance industry, but more importantly, Lionel cares about people. He shares his vast knowledge of the finance world in a personal way that goes beyond dollars and cents with advice that makes sense. So let Lionel help you get your finances in order or avoid costly errors in judgment that may be devastating to you and your family. Listen to the Lionel Shipman Check Your Finances show every Tuesday exclusively on the CWR Talk Network at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central. And hello and welcome to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show here on the CWR Talk Network. And I am your host, Lionel Shipman. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And I want to give a big shout out, big thank you to all my regular listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. And for all of my new listeners, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And ultimately, thank God for another day to make a positive difference in the lives of other people. Well, tonight we have another great show. I have to say, uh, the series that we are doing right now, the Women in Finances series, is it is truly has been a success. Uh, had a great past guest. I mean, this has just been absolutely awesome uh, for me, and uh, equally awesome for all of you that have been had the chance to listen into the shows. Uh, like I said, we started back in January, and we will be running through uh, uh, the month of July. Uh, it looks like I may end up having to go through the month of August as well. I've had such a good response, and I love the the information that's coming forth with the different backgrounds of guests uh, from the guests that we've had here on the show. So, if you haven't heard the other series or the, the uh, other episodes, I would encourage you to go to my website at www.shipmentconsulting.com, and I've actually created a little section for this particular series, so you can see uh, the gallery of all the past guests. You just click on their picture, and it'll take you right to that particular episode, so make sure you do that. The call-in number tonight is 917 8078. You can call in with your questions or your comments, or if you just want to just listen in, that's perfectly okay. Again, the number is 917-889-8078. For those of you who may not know, uh, you can hear a replay of this particular show, all my shows. Uh, You can listen to the shows on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Uh, Like I said, you can always go to my website. You can catch uh, all of these shows, but you can catch all of the shows that we've done here on the Shape Your Finances show, uh, dating back to 2017 when we first got started. So a lot of different topics, financial related, but uh, we've had a variety of different guests. Uh, So we'd love to hit on everything from education to financial literacy to business retirement. Uh, we've had a number of different topics and a number of different guests, and we're looking to continue that as we move forward. 
Well, like I said in the beginning, uh, we have a great guest here on the show tonight. I'm going to go ahead and without delaying anything else, I want to allow as much talk time as we possibly can. My guest tonight, uh, she's a native of Baltimore, Maryland. She was raised in the Lexington Terrace Housing Projects. Her childhood in Baltimore was mired in neglect, sexual abuse, and abandonment. With no support, guidance, nor treatment for these issues, she found her gripped with homelessness, severe poverty, stress, and a lot of anger. Lisa and her sisters watched their mother walk out of the Mitchell, out of the Mitchell Courthouse with their stepfather who abused them for years. Abandoned at the Clarence Mitchell Courthouse at a very young age, Lisa and her sister became wards of the state of Maryland and placed in foster care. Despite all these barriers and struggles, she maintained a positive outlook on life and eventually became a proud graduate of Copping State University with a BS degree in business management and an MBA from the University of Baltimore. While pursuing her bachelor's degree, Lisa started her company Celebrate Us Gift Baskets. That's spelled with an extra E because she does extra for her customers. As she continued her journey on personal development, she embraced the value and power of volunteerism. In 2015, she contacted the Department of Social Services to ask for a volunteer opportunity to mentor women on welfare. Lisa spent many years on welfare and understand the pain and the humiliation of having to depend on government assistance. As she shared her desire to mentor young women with a staff member at DSS, she was connected to the Workforce Development Administrator that thought that her journey towards self-sufficiency was very powerful and offered her a contract to conduct a workforce training course. That relationship has blossomed in a tremendous way and now includes providing workforce training to homeless youth in Baltimore City. And I have to say, uh, great accolades. She won the Greater Baltimore Urban League Entrepreneur of the Year in 2017, as well as many other awards. So without delaying any more time, because she has plenty more that she has in her resume, I want to welcome to the show tonight, Miss Lisa Phillips. Hello, Lisa. How are you tonight? Wow, I know I um, should take you on the road with me. <laughs> <laughs> when do we start? Kind of, uh, introduction. <laughs> oh, we're good, good. It's well worth it. I tell you, you, you've just getting to know you. You're, you're, you're a huge inspiration to me. So, anytime you want to book wow. me on the trip with you, you let me know. <laughs> wow, thank you so much. Um, I'm so honored and happy to be you know, a guest of your show, um, yeah. and, you know, I thank you, you know, for this opportunity. You're more than welcome. Thank you again. Well, as I do with all my guests, I love to uh, open up with a question regarding your personal money story. Please share with us and with the listening audience your money story, your money experience growing up. So um, my experience with money growing up um, was indicative of my life. Um, So um, as you clearly outlined, um, you know, I grew up, um, you know, very impoverished, uh, neglected, abused, and um, 
So there was never any development of a relationship with money. Um, It was only, you know, how to survive without money. And so what that does, you know, historically to you is you never learn or you learn late, um, even if you even get a chance to learn, um, you know, the value of money, um, the purpose of money, and um, uh, the number one uh, negative um, kind of attribute about money or the misnomer about money is that money is designed to spend. And so um, I really operated in consumerism for whatever money um, I ever earned very early in my life and never really uh, was developed, you know, to have a positive relationship with money. And mm-hmm. so um, you, you're never really going to develop a healthy relationship with money um, if you're on government assistance, uh, you know, you can't keep a job. And so uh, that in, that kind of inconsistency and instability um that's in your life, it also is reflective in your money life. So Mm -hmm. uh, most of the time, uh, your life aligns with your money. So wherever you are in your life, it's going to be indicative of where you are with money. So if your life is mired in chaos and confusion and, um, you know, poor coping skills, um, your money habits and your relationship with money is going to be aligned in that way. If you are a person that's stable and you're focused and you're goal-oriented, now you've actually kind of systematically changed your your relationship with money, but your life also kind of reflects it. That is a very, very good point. I haven't heard it phrased that way, but I have to say I agree totally, and that is a very, very good point. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's it's powerful. Mm-hmm. I have to say it's been a delight just getting to know you when we first connected uh, way back at the first of the, of the year, and then just just hearing you and hearing your story. Because, by the way, listeners, that's only a portion uh, of of Lisa's story, <laughs> I mean, time time wouldn't permit tonight. But uh, I I feel that even which I this is probably something I've never even done since I've been doing uh, the shows. I'm going to probably have to have Lisa back here on the show again because it's it's such a powerful, such an inspirational uh, 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 life that you've had, and to see where you are now and to see. You, how God has truly, truly blessed you and the heart that you have for others is just absolutely uh, uh, exemplary. I mean, thank you so much for for what you're doing uh, even now. So, but uh, thank you for sharing that. Now tell us how, now tell us about your, your businesses. I mean, I know I read uh, a little bit about uh, celebrate us gift baskets but, of course, mm-hmm. you have another business as well. If you can kind of uh, give us a little background yeah. uh, on the businesses okay. and what influenced you to start them. Sure. So um, uh, 
So I, as you mentioned early in the show, um, you know, my sisters and I, we became uh, wards of the state of Maryland. Um, you know, my mom, um, you know, she, uh, so, you know, you know, thank God for legislation and laws that are now in place to protect children because in the seventies and eighties, um, the law was, you know, more, you know, there were laws there, but um, the laws now are really, really, really centered and focused on the protection of children. And so, um, you know, back in the early 80s, um, uh, I I was, um, you you know, abused by my stepfather and it got noticed by a teacher and, um, um, you know, and so that led to, you know, you know, my mom and her home and my stepfather being investigated. And so um, in today's world, they would have been immediately arrested um, mm-hmm. for what was discovered. But back in the 80s, um, you know, parents, you know, uh, the the laws just were not, but they are today, and so right. uh, my mom was required to go to some parenting classes, and um, after the parenting classes, uh, she had to report to court uh, and kind of give an account of what changes she made to make us safe, because that's what the mm-hmm. court required. And so I remember um, hearing the judge say to my mom, you know, you have to um, make these girls safe. You have to get a job. You have to get, a, you know, a safer home. They need to go to school. And, you know, I guess the weight of hearing all these things that my mom mm-hmm. had to do, you know, and like I said, my stepfather was in the courtroom um, with her. And, um, you know, um, you know, however she came to her decision, you know, she exit the courthouse and um, I remember how the attorneys and the public defenders and the state's attorneys they were scrambling because they didn't know what to do with us and you know because I I guess that was just so shocking um, you know that a mother would do that but what that did is really um, planted some very deep-seated you know abandonment issues and, um, you know, um, never feeling worthy uh, within us, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so we were eventually placed in group homes and then eventually, you know, placed into foster care. Uh, and um, um, But what ended up happening is when we aged out of foster care, all of our lives just really took, you know, a turn for the worst, and, you know, including mine. And, um, you know, I started getting into trouble. I went to prison. Um, You know, I ended up, I I had children. I ended up losing custody of my children. And so I found myself in a wilderness, if you will, of, you know, just chaos and uncertainty and anger, you know, all because of what happened in that courthouse. So um, fast forward to, um, you know, Two thousand one, you know, I'm now in my early thirties at that point, and um, you know, I actually overheard 
uh, conversation that my children, you know, by this time I got my children back, um, but still hadn't figured out a way forward. And so mm-hmm. I was existing and not living. And so um, there's nothing that's going to humble you more than overhearing your children uh, have a very critical conversation about you. And, you know, my children, um, one of my, my sons got into trouble at school, and, um, you know, um, he didn't know how he was going to tell me. And so my daughter said to him, now they're like seven, eight, and nine at this point. And my daughter right. said to him, oh, don't worry about um, telling her because she's not going to do anything. She's not even going to get out to bed. You know, and that just was so striking to me that this is what my children thought of me. And so, um, you know, I had that moment that I that I teach now called enough. You know, at that moment, I had enough. And so um, uh, what I did, you know, in a very teary, um, you know, moment, you know, I wrote out a five-year plan. You know, it had no structure to it. It had, you know, um, no theme to it. I just knew that there were things that I needed to do and I needed to get started. Well, in that five-year plan, I realized that the hole that I had dug for myself was so deep, that's why the E is extra in my the name of my company, that mm-hmm. I understood that before I could do anything, I need to go to counseling. So in counseling, I, I met a wonderful therapist that really said to me, she said, you're broken, and what you should do is find something that you can look at it in pieces and then you can transform it into beauty. Because right now you don't feel anything beautiful about yourself in or out, and your actions and your life is indicative of that. And so I tried cooking I tried sewing, and nothing really caught my attention until I saw, um, you know, someone with a gift basket. And I said, wow, that's really pretty. And then I figured out that, wow, before it became such a beautiful creation, it had to be in pieces. And so, you know, um, this was early in YouTube and, you know, and so – I was able to, you know, find some tutorials on how to make a gift basket. And let me tell you something, it's easier said than done. It's not, it it requires (laughs) skill. It requires, you know, hand-eye coordination. And and so, um, um, and uh, I laugh at how my first gift baskets look, but from a therapeutic standpoint, it was exactly what I needed. You know, I needed to see all those pieces laid out, and I needed to see with hard work what it could become. And so um, I, you know, I I became, you know, I kind of caught fire, and um, I I said, well, you know what, I need somebody to teach me this because this is not something that I could really learn on my own. I need somebody that can do it. And, And so the only person locally I found in Baltimore was a florist. And I okay. went to this florist and I said, look, um, I want to do this, and I know you guys make gift baskets. Can you teach me? And, um, you know, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. And so yep. I was yep. so glad that I asked that 
that manager of that floor shop, and so she was thrilled to uh, teach me. And not only did did she teach me, but she mentored me, and oh, um, she actually, uh, uh, you know, when I told her that I think I could do this as a business, she actually gave me my first line of credit, and she wow. gave me, you know, and so which was so powerful because I didn't even know anything like that exists, and wow. so. Um, um, and um, so when she got me to a place where I could make my own creation, um, by this time, um, my children were teenagers now. Because, like I said, I started working on that five-year plan. And okay. um, I told my daughter, I said, I want you to take this with you, and I want you to see if you could sell it. And sure enough, she sold it for $65. And I said, wow, you mean to tell me somebody bought that for $65? And she said, yeah. She said, a nurse at the hospital. And so um, that was that spark that, um, you know, gave me permission to turn my pain into power. And I turned that, you know, gift basket into a business. And so uh, I went to school for business and – um, I had to, you know, I didn't have a marketing budget. And so right. um, what I did was uh, I started paying attention to the TV anchors who were pregnant. And um, there was one TV anchor that was pregnant, and I made her, mm-hmm. she announced that she was having a girl, and I made a girl, a baby girl gift basket, and I sent it to her. And I got wow. a call from the station, and they said, would you like to come on TV? And I said, sure. And so if you wow. if you have a million-dollar budget, a marketing budget, you got to create your own fire. And, you know, that's exactly what I did, you know. I, I And that, her producer called me and said, would you like to come on TV? And I remember um, how shockingly well I did on TV for the first time. I did yeah. a gift basket demonstration. And, um you know, um, and, and by this time, that was 2012 or 13, and I still have an amazing – I must have been on TV now maybe like nine times. <laughs> wow, <laughs> fantastic. So, you know, so so that's how the gift baskets came about. It was from a very painful place in my life, and um, – I turned that pain into power. Fant- wow. Awesome. Awesome story. Now, why I haven't heard that entire story, <laughs> Lisa, that, that, that is fantastic. That is absolutely mm-hmm. awesome. I love what you said about turning your pain into power and to also to right. create your own fire. That You have mm-hmm. helped a whole lot of people that are hearing this tonight to turn your pain into power and to create your own fire. That great information. Oh, Mm -hmm. fantastic. Hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to continue our talk because now now you've opened up probably a lot of more questions for me. So as I said at the beginning of the hour, we're going to probably have to bring you back on again for another show. But hold on (laughs) just a minute. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. So please stay tuned, everyone, uh, for the uh, next part 
of, uh, of my talk tonight with Miss Lisa Phillips at the 10th episode of the Women in Finances series here on the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. We'll be right back. Listening to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances Show with host Lionel Shipman on the CWR Talk Network. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three ton hunk of steel, and a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Welcome back to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show with your host, Lionel Shipman, on the CWR Talk Network. Well, welcome back, and we're continuing our discussion with Ms. Lisa Phillips here on the uh, Women in Finances series here on the Shape Your Finances show. And we've covered a, a, a fantastic opening, uh, just hearing the story of Lisa. And uh, I want to shift gears just a tad bit. Now, Lisa, I know with all of the, the, the struggles that you had in the beginning, but once you started your, your business with, the, with, with Celebrate Us uh, gift baskets, and uh, also doing the other work uh, with the workforce development. What were some of the challenges that you faced? Uh, what were some of the struggles that you faced along the way? As it relates to business, you mean, or you mean in my yeah. personal, like, like in regards we, to? We, we we can do business. We can do business. You know, I just say, okay. seeing that, seeing sure. that I have my it's a finance show, I just throw this out. What were some of the challenges or struggles that you've had with your business regarding money and with mm-hmm. the, importance, the importance of credit? We'll hit that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. So once again, um, when, you don't, when you haven't been given a good start on anything, um, you have to um, look at what you're, where you're trying to go and once you decide how far you want to go with something, now you got to add the complementing pieces. So, you know, um, the I saw so much potential in the gift baskets, but I understood without a healthy relationship with money that I was not going to be successful in business. And so I took the academic track. And so I went to school for, you know, I always wanted to go to college. And so I went to school for business um, because I wanted to learn from an academic lens how to run a business. And so um, I went, you know, one of the things that's so fulfilling 
after you've lived in a life of rejection and abandonment and, you know, being told you're never going to do anything with your life, um, to discover that you're good at something was just so wonderful for me. And when I got into school, I didn't even know I was smart. And um, hmm. But I was so focused because I finally grabbed a hold of something good, and I could, I could nurture it, I could grow it, I could build it, but I also needed the pieces. And so, um, you know, uh, and this takes me to uh, what happens when you uh, learn what an asset versus a liability is. And so mm-hmm. all of my adult life, I was a liability. You know, because I had poor money management skills and had no literacy on finances. And so, but when I got to school, I realized that um, students with good grades become an asset for the school. And so how I found that out is I was in school and I was doing better but still struggling, and my utilities got cut off. You know, when I was in my, I think I was in my first semester of my second year. So I was very Mm -hmm. early in undergrad. And like I said, I had done some things well, but still sputtering along. And um, the school uh, that I attended at the time, they had um, um, student services that they helped students that had trouble. And, you know, I remember walking in the room And remember, by this time, I was a non-traditional student. I was older, and I see all these young people, and um, you know, everybody's sitting there with a, you know, you know, with, you know, disgust and anger. And I said, "Wow!" And I wonder what's going on here. And so when it was my turn, I went in to talk to, you know, the person that was coordinating the program, and he, you know, I told him, I said, "My utilities are off," and I, you know, showed him the bill. And I think I needed like $900 to get the services restored. And, um, you know, he asked for my student number. Now, he was very stoic and had no expression or anything while he was setting everything up for me. And then he entered my student ID, and then his whole disposition changed. And he looked at me, and he looked at the screen, and at this point, I didn't know what he was looking at. And so he said, well, Ms. Phillips, can you um, go over to student accounts? Can you be there by 12 o'clock? And I said, yes. And he said, there's going to be a check waiting for you. And I said, wow, really? He said, okay. no, absolutely. And so I made my way across campus to student accounts. And um, now I told you that the bill was $900. And so, um, right. but the check was for $2,500. And so wow. I called him to, you know, I wasn't walking out that school with a check that about wasn't right. And so, so, so I called, I called, I called the school. I mean, I called him back and I said, "Well, I'm still in student accounts, but the check, uh, it has my name on it, but it has twenty five hundred dollars." And he said, "Yes." And I said, "Well, you know, the utility bill is only nine hundred dollars." He said, "I know." He said, "But with grades like yours." You are an asset to the university. And so we actually have a fund for students who do well like you. So at that moment, 
I wow. had a 3.8 GPA. And Fantastic. I didn't realize the value of that. And so, But what that did was planted a seed in me that if I build value, I'm going to become an asset. And so mm. when he told me that, that just, like, enlightened me. Now, I didn't, I didn't go to school to fail. So I understood that I wanted to be a good student, but I didn't know what the repercussions and the ramifications of being a good student, what it meant. And so um, when he told me that, you know, he, you know, he, he was very adamant. He said, and, and what actually happened after that is um, um, I was on scholarship the rest of my undergrad, you know, uh, because he actually advocated for me to get, and I was clueless about this stuff. You know, I was clueless. You know, I thought that getting a scholarship had more to do with your socioeconomic status. I didn't realize that it had to do with, this is how dumbfounded I was, but yet focused on wanting to do well in school. And so, Uh, When I learned to build value and I learned the value of value, then that Mm -hmm. really set me on a trajectory on, you know, how I wanted to do my business. So, I, you know, from that moment on, you know, I wanted to build value to my business. And um, that was like a very early compelling lesson that I learned about business. Wow, that... I am I am making plenty of notes as you, as you were talking. Okay. You know, I, I I love what you said about uh, kids with good grades become an asset to the school and oh, yeah. the value. And he shared that with me. That's how the school gets funding. You know, they get wow. funding. The more students that graduate, the more students mm-hmm. that have an above rate. You know, that's why schools that have high performing students. That's why they can charge more because it says that they have a recipe on how to, you know, to develop high achievers. Right. And then and I was then so the, glad that I learned that. Yeah, and then the value you were, you were able to take that and put it toward your business. And Absolutely. seeing how, yeah, yeah and then it, it's, a, it's a proven thing because you, you've gained success from it. And then I, I did write down this other piece. It, it, it's, it's so simple to everybody. You don't go to school to fail. Right. There's so many people no. that need to hear that. There's so many of our kids that need to hear that. You don't go to school to fail. Now, no. I know I'm, I'm, getting, I'm, getting a little bit, I'm getting a little bit off track, but I just, I just had to no, make no. No, I agree. It's a very important topic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. See, I know I'm going to have to have you back on here, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Oh, oh my gosh. So, so out of that, uh, you learned some lessons regarding uh, money. And I, I, even before we, <clears throat> before we uh, got on the show tonight, uh, you made mention about the importance of credit. Well, we still got yes. we got about mm-hmm. ten minutes here, but uh, if you can kind of share a little bit about uh, what you some of the lessons you've learned regarding the importance of credit. Right, and so um, credit, especially 
with being credit worthy is really about confidence. For someone to extend you credit, they look at your ability to pay because they want to gain the confidence that you are a good risk. And so that was something that I never was taught. And so um, when you are in survival mode, you get a cell phone, you know, and this was before cell phones are kind of set up how they are now, you know, Mm -hmm. where you actually got a bill and, um, you know, uh, and you didn't pay it, well, you just went and got another bill not thinking that it has challenged your credit worthiness, Mm -hmm. you know. And Mm -hmm. so, um, you know, when I realized that um, um, credit worthiness is, is the way that you is one way that you can accelerate in your life because it gives you flexibility and it gives you options. But hmm. if you don't, you know, if you don't grab a hold of that, you're not going to focus on your credit worthiness because you're not aligning it with anything good, right? So you're not thinking that you need good credit because you haven't, you know, so with having a business, you know, uh, I wanted ways to expand my business. And like I explained to you, the manager of that florist gave me a $300 amount of credit. And she said, well, when, you know, this is going to help you when you start selling your baskets because you can make your baskets, sell them, but you can use the amount of credit to buy products. And right. so, you know, I was just really so pleased with that. Um, so along the way, you know, I had, you know, you know, until I got on really solid footing, you know, I had challenges with my credit. And like I was sharing with you before the show, um, mm-hmm. I had a really beautiful credit worthiness moment today um, because, um, as you know, in 2018, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor, and I was mm-hmm. a full-time entrepreneur, and so I lost everything. I lost mm-hmm. everything and had to start over once again, but this time when I started over, I was coming from a place of experience. I was coming mm-hmm. from a place of being able to set goals, and so I was kind of coming from a place of really good soil, if you will. So I was mm-hmm. able to um, not, even though I lost everything, I was able to, you know, get back on track because I understood what it meant to be credit worthiness. And so today um, I actually got approved, at, you know, for um, a beautiful three-bedroom townhouse um, you know, and, and like I said, it was so wonderful because, you know, until I understood the value of credit, I never even applied for anything like that. So, mm. the, you know, to get that email, and, and what was so crazy is that I went to the the townhome development yesterday. And so mm. for the property manager to email me 24 hours later and say, you've been approved, you know, wow. and I did have, you know, like that was just 
you know, but it showed me that um, the work that I've done to restore and maintain my credit mm-hmm. gives people confidence to rent to me. And, you know, um, it's really a beautiful, it's a luxury townhome, and they have a swim club. And I've never oh. lived in anything like this, you know, and to think that, you, you know, that I got this from my credit worthiness was just so, just so, um, um, just really did something for my confidence and my self-esteem oh, and made me feel so much pride. Well, congratulations. Absolutely. Thank congratulations. You. <laughs> congratulations, Lisa. Lisa, I have to say, because I did not, uh, thank you so much. It, to me, this is probably one of the best shows, if not the best show. Wow. That I, thank yes, you. I can tr- I say that. Thank you so much. I mean, and I got to have you back on. We we will talk offline uh, later, but I definitely okay. would love to have you come back because uh, I still got some questions, and, and I know that you, you have a wealth of information uh, to give out to all of us, but Thank you. So well, much. I, I can say I can tell you that if you have me back on, um, my workforce training program just got approved in Pennsylvania. So, you know, I'm going to be spending some time in Pennsylvania this summer building out that program. And that was just such a wonderful, you know, experience that now I get to kind of take my my talents on the road. And you know, yeah. see what I can do in a whole nother state, and so that'll be great for us to talk about how I transition into that. Okay, perfect, perfect. Well, like I said, thank you again, and and uh, we'll be talking very, very soon. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, cool. Well, everybody, that's a wrap for tonight. Uh, fantastic show tonight. Uh, thank you so much for tuning into the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. You can catch my show every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you've missed any of the past shows, you can go to my website at www.shipmanconsulting.com and you can click on and listen to any of the shows that we've done, and especially during this series, the Women in Finances series. And if you're not connected with me through social media, I would encourage you to do so. You can catch me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Of course, always check weekly with my website. You can catch me also on LinkedIn as well. So, and also, if you are in need of a speaker, yes, I do speaking across this country. Uh, If you're needing someone to speak on the topics of finance, business, entrepreneurship, leadership, and especially to all of our high school and college students, please contact me. I would love to see how we can uh, uh, make your program and make your students, make your people a lot better when it comes to finance and when it comes to business. So just visit my website, uh, click on the Contact Us page and send us a message, and we'll be more than happy to sit down and talk to you about what we can do as far as helping those. Now, as I do in all my shows, I want you to to remember these words regarding your money and your life. Give cheerfully, spend carefully, and invest wisely. We will talk with you next week. Take care, everyone. We're going to go out now with a little bit of Gerald Albright.